here to talk about uh, a game that the Knicks just played against the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, they lost. There was some good stuff, um, which we'll get to in, in due time. What I what I want to start out by saying is that sometimes in a season filled with a lot of losses, the basketball gods shine down on you, and they give you a little gift. And my gift today is that the person that I had scheduled weeks ago to appear on this particular podcast just happened to be my man, Zach Deluzio. Uh, Zach, <laughs> how are you? John, I'm great. How are you? <laughs> All right, so... Do I sound great? <laughs> I mean, you almost sound giddy. Um, I know. It's... <laughs> it's a, yeah, so just... All right, so just to anybody who this is your first time listening or you don't, you know, follow... Um, me or I guess particularly Zach on on Twitter. Um, you, if you know anything about me, you know that uh, Ines Cantor is maybe not one of my favorite um, NBA players, but I don't know that my distaste for him um, rises to quite the levels. <laughs> Of Zach's and and there's a lot of things we could talk about in in this game. Um, but again, for anybody who didn't watch, the Knicks announced uh, what was it a few hours before the game? Uh, I guess who had it? Berman, I think was that he? Uh, was it uh, Begley or Berman? I don't remember. It was I think it was Berman, but I don't I don't quote me on that. Um, had it that Fisdale was thinking about you know tinkering with a lineup change, um, and putting Cornette into the starting lineup. Uh, it's obviously Milwaukee, and if you've watched any of the Bucks Knicks games this year, you will have seen a, a, a trend, uh, let's say, of uh, their starting center, Brooke Lopez, um, shall we say, taking some advantage of uh, Mr. Mr. Cantor. Um, sure enough, it came out that uh, Cornette was going to start the game, and then Cantor tweets out a... What emoji is that? It's like a uh, smacking so, face emoji? Yeah, it was like face palm emoji? Face palm emoji, yes. Right? Is that the best way to put it? Yeah, I think it's face palm emoji. And then, um, well, why don't you tell the fine folks uh, oh. how the game went with Mr. Yes. Cornette? <laughs> oh, it's so great. <laughs> he tweets out this emoji, which in itself is like, dude, oh my god, you're doing this again? Really? We did. We already did this. You're doing yeah, this we've again. been here. Okay. We've been done this. Right. right. So here we are again. Cornette comes in. I mean, he didn't have a great for most of that damage was in the second half, right? He was like okay in the first half. Yeah, I mean, he he came out. I think he hit his first two threes, then missed a couple. Um, I do want to say, though, he was the Knicks' leading scorer in the first half. I think he may have been the leading scorer in both halves. Yeah, he. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. He's leading the team in scoring. It's what seven threes, seven threes, which uh, sets the new Nick record for most uh, threes by a seven footer. Yeah. Oh, good. Okay, I thought you were about to say just in general. I was like, oh my god, 
Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> but listen, if I I don't um, I didn't actually get a chance to look at the tweet, but I know JB sent one out before that that the list of seven footers to have seven threes in a game it's not a long list. Um, yeah, I think there were like five people. Yeah, or something. there you like go. Like and KP and a couple other guys. So, so that I mean, it was wild, impressive. But meanwhile, Cantor still plays, and he I mean, he was so bad, just just so bad, and then he gets ejected on top of it. Oh, which oh by God. the way, that's that. I, it was most of the questions in the post game. Oddly enough, were actually about the ejection. Um, like I, people seem to be up in arms about it that he didn't like deserve it. I I don't care. Um, yeah, me neither. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I was yeah. actually happy. Uh, it's the first time I can recall being happy about something like that, uh, which is crazy. I know it's crazy, but so I don't, don't want to watch him. Here's well, and and I'm I am going to give you the biggest challenge I could think of. Um, I am I am an NBA owner. You are interviewing for my GM job, and um, I say to you, we have one more roster spot. We could get Enos Cantor on a minimum salary deal. What is what is your argument at this? Po- is there an argument at this point? I mean, there is. I don't think it's a great one. I think the argument would be if you're like someone who is a content. Well, first of all, you have to accept with that last roster spot that he's not going to play in the playoffs. He's just not. I mean, maybe there's one or two teams in the league, but I don't I really don't think so. There's just nothing. He's going to get cooked on defense. It's everything we see. You know, he doesn't play team ball on offense. He, he doesn't pass and he still manages to turn the ball over at an absurd rate, as you pointed out in your article. And he did it again tonight, by the way. Yes. Um, the, it's just what, like, okay, he offensive rebounds well, but no one in the league values offensive rebounding anymore because you got to get back in transition. So you get bad four bounds. And I mean, on a as your fifteenth man, uh, yeah, I mean that's probably a little too much. But I get where you're coming. I get where you're saying. No, but and, and and guess what? If he's your fifteenth man. Guess who's going to be complaining from day one about that? Well, that is true. Yeah, in his canter. <laughs> yeah, um, hopefully he gets the reality check that is surely on the way. Uh, because Brooke Lopez signed the minimum contract, and he is way better than Cantor. And and look, I look. My intention was not to make this podcast about Enos Cantor because actually this was. I, I know they lost by sixteen points. But I would argue this is actually one of the next better games of the year. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Yeah, no, it, it, there was a, and we'll get into that stuff. But I, I guess, you know, for as much as we kid and, and joke around, it's like this is why when people talk about his stats and they talk about like his toughness and and this and that, I'm like, just you, you like you're not you're not considering how the modern game is played, and it's not his fault. A lot sometimes it is. But a lot mm-hmm. of the times, it's he's just not fit for the game the way it's played now. Yeah. And you saw on both ends tonight that inaction. Yes, you're absolutely correct. I do wonder what's going on in his head because he doesn't seem to be making any kind of adjustment to try to play around that. Like, I, it's just I, it's bizarre. The guy somehow I don't I don't know, man. I'm not going to get into it. But well, you're absolutely right. Well, let me just, before we move on from Cantor, what did you think the Knicks benefited from more tonight? Uh, Cornette's floor spacing on offense or just his, like, merely, like, I don't know. I, I, I know, I don't even want to call it. Like, he's, yeah. I, I, is, is Luke Cornette's defense competent? I mean, 
Maybe if that. In like some ways, but overall, no. But it's still better than the other alternative. I mean, he at least can like contest a shot at the rim and at least, you know, plays hard and puts in the effort and makes the right rotation. And I mean, at that point, he's already better than Cantor. And we saw that. Yeah. um, You know, and and I I think... And I don't want to put it all on Cantor because the other guy, uh, so Cantor played 14 minutes. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. played zero minutes because he was sick. Um, I just said on the Periscope, I thought their defense, you know, again, there were a couple breakdowns. But generally speaking, and let's, I guess, move on to kind of the, the larger game. Um, I thought their defense was just like a step quicker tonight. And I, I don't think it's a coincidence that, you know, again, Cantor played 14 minutes and Hardaway didn't yep. play at all. Yeah, and I think you're right. I do think... What happens is with Hardaway in particular, you feel his his uh, I guess the fact that he's not there, you really feel it on offense, which is hard. It's weird to yeah. say that, right? Because he shoots inefficiently of late. He's yeah, been, but he we've uh, talked about this. He's a gravitational pull of right. some sort. Yeah, right. And I would have liked to see him playing with the way Cornette is playing now, because him and Porzingis made a really good pairing last year at, at certain times. They were closing out games, just running the Porzingis-Hardaway pick-and-roll, and it was working. It was, like, unstoppable. Yeah. It was, and, you know, Cornette's a poor man's Porzingis, <clears throat> and especially on a game like he's hot, it would have been nice to have Hardaway. And, I mean, you got nothing from the guards tonight. But oh on defense... God. Yeah, they were brutal. Yeah, I mean, on defense, look, he's not the best. It is with this. Um He's not that kind of player. Uh, I still don't think he's quite as bad as many people seem to think. I feel like he's being scapegoated. I do think Cantor is as bad as people think. But Hardaway, you know, if he's your worst defender, you're okay. I think I, we've talked about this before. We we have, and I I teeter back and forth on it. Because, like, so there were moments tonight where Moutier was the only, I want to do an air quotes here, like bad defender on the floor for the Knicks. Right. There were a couple of moments where Knox was the only, like, bad defender on the floor mm-hmm. for the Knicks. And I thought they survived those moments well. And I, you know, I thought to myself what you just brought up, like, okay, what if Hardaway is in that role? And I feel like we've seen stretches where that's okay with him being like mm-hmm. the only bad one. So yeah, I'd like to see it. Um, yeah. Well, and especially against the Bucks, it's really tough for, for against them in particular, because there's so many ball handlers. And I was like trying to figure out what the best lineup would be against them. And you you try to figure out where you can hide a guy, and you can't because Brogdon is yeah. probably the worst player in their closing lineup, and he's still a good ball handler. And, he and he's like the tertiary guy, right? So it, it, that's where you would have to hide Hardaway. But that's just because the Bucks are a really good team. On other teams, you get away with it more yeah. so. Yeah, I thought if the Knicks played their game that they did tonight against um, maybe. I don't know, 10, 12 teams in the league, they probably maybe could have gotten away with a win. Yeah, I, I would tend to agree. Yeah. Um, there. That being said, there weren't many bright spots on offense. You just alluded to the fact that um, the guards couldn't hit the far side of a barn. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trier and Dotson off the bench were a combined 3 for 19. Ouch. Um, Jesus yeah, no, that's... <laughs> what did, before we talk about Vonley, which it's crazy that we're... We've buried the lead, arguably, because he was amazing tonight. Um, a couple people on Twitter were like, you defend Fizz for benching Frank. 
you now like you have to basically call for him to bench Trier after a game like this. What do you think about that? Wait, dude, first of all, is it Trier? Trier, Trier, Trier. I honestly don't know. No, no, it's Trier, and this has been pointed out to me multiple times, <laughs> and it's like, have you ever had like a mental block? Yes. <laughs> yeah, so this is my this is my mental block. Um, I, I always say Trier. It's Trier. Yeah. Okay. All right, just just so we're on the same page. Yes. Um, wait, what was the question? Again? <laughs> is is should basically should should Fisdale oh, bench him after the game he had? That's right. Well, okay, so yes, but it, it's also that Frank didn't have one bad game before he got benched. He had two really bad games. Now Trier had a really bad game tonight, really bad. Probably his worst. Right? I I can't think of any game he was worse than this. Uh, not that I've seen, no. I mean, it's hard to remember at this point, anyway. But, <laughs> there's, there's, uh, there's been so many wonderful yeah, records. It just blends together, so, yeah. <laughs> so whatever. Uh, the point being, I it's hard to always make a decision based on one game, just in the NBA as a whole. You're right. You know what I mean? Like, I, I get what people are saying. And look, what, what's happened with Burke, right? He gave him three or four games, and Burke was terrible in all of them, and we don't see him tonight. Yeah. And I just, like, I understand where people are getting worked up about this, but it's like, if you just take it uh, in, a, in a bigger view, as in, like, view a week and a half as – the unit of measurement here or four games or something like that, rather than each individual game. And you'll see what's going on here uh, where, you know, Frank gets benched for three games and then comes back and then gets benched for one game and comes back based on his two bad games each time. So now we got Burke just shitting the bed for three games. And now he's out of the rotation and he'll probably be back at some point, but it, you know, Trier, I wouldn't think he would be getting benched after one bad game. Although, one more, and uh, you know, I think about it for sure. Yeah, it, you know, and and it's this is obviously a, a much longer discussion than than we could have now. But I I, I really, and I, I I'm not gonna pretend to have the answers. But like, I, I'm the more and more I'm thinking about this stuff this year, I'm thinking about penalties for results versus penalties for approach. And it's like as you brought up, you know, Frank was whatever he was like six for. 28 the last four games um, before the his benching on Christmas. So obviously you have four games worth of bad results, but sprinkled in there was some aggressiveness. And then you had the Atlanta game where not only was were the results bad, but he also like didn't you know push the issue at all. Yeah. So I think it's like okay, you combine those things, and what happens? You get a seat on the bench tonight. Again, it's only one game, bad results, but also like the first time I've seen Trier, I'm like. It annoyed me that he was arguing so much on the non-calls. Yeah. And, like, I don't want to get too caught up in, in that, but it's it's like... No, dude, I'm totally with you. I'm totally... With, I get... And it's so funny that you say that because this is the first time where I was like, dude, just cut the shit. Yeah. Come yeah. on. Like, come on. You're having a terrible game. Get it together. Just get back. Stop doing Exa- this shit. And I'm happy you said that because... His defense at times this year has been okay. At other times, it's been atrocious. Yep. And and his like the whole thing with him is, I get it. He is an isolation player. That's his nickname. That's cool. I get he's going to take a lot of shots, and he's going to take some shots that are kind of shaky. But when you're, what is he, like two for ten? Yeah, two for ten. And, like, he's still doing the same thing over and over. He's missing 
open players. He's not moving the ball. It's and he's complaining after no calls. And it's not even like blatant no calls. Like I mean, okay, maybe it was a foul, but you're doing this every time. Yeah, you but no you're credibility. You're an undrafted rookie. I mean, I hate right. to say that, but like, <laughs> no, but that's what it's about. That's so, what you are. It really is like wh- whether you, that's right or wrong is a different story. But that's just the way it is. You got to accept it. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, let's close out by talking about um, other than Cornette, who was obviously really good. Let's talk about the guy who was. Uh, I think unquestionably the Knicks' best player tonight, and that was Noah Vonley. Oh yeah, Noah Vonley had uh, 15 points on 10 shots. Uh, pretty pretty efficient there. He hit two of three from deep, uh, three of three from the line, 13 rebounds, three on the offensive glass, and then two assists and three blocks to boot. Um, his defense on Giannis, I mean, was just well. I'll ask you this: Is there a player? Can you think of a player off the top of your head who was more physically capable mm. of defending Giannis? Like I and and it's not like Vonley's perfect because he has a couple moments where you know Giannis will get him or something. But I'm almost trying to think like other than like maybe if LeBron is obviously engaged, other than that and like maybe AD. Yeah. Who who is more physically ad- adept at guarding Giannis? I think that's a really good way of putting it, actually, because it's not that he's necessarily the best, although yeah, no. he was so he was so good tonight. I I know Giannis is getting his numbers anyway, but man, Vonley is making his life difficult. He really is, and he's doing a great job. But in terms of phys, a physical profile for how you'd want to defend Giannis, it really is Vonley because you don't like someone like Anthony Davis. I would love to see that, actually, because that would be interesting. I don't know if Giannis could get, like, under him a little bit because he's so freaking long. He can, like, get rolled around. He does all this weird shit. I also don't know if AD – like, that's the thing. Like, AD is – not that he's weak or anything, but Vonley, he's – He's built yeah. like a brick shit house, dude, and and so is Giannis, and it's like, cool, yeah. wow, look at these guys, like it's ridiculous. And Vonley gets up for it; he really does. Uh, but you, you're absolutely right; like he has the strength and the speed and the size. Exactly. It's thank you. It's those three things, and I don't know, like, if I'm a player, if I'm, um, I'm trying to think of the playoff team, like uh, me and um, Toronto. And- to, does he get in like who so who's not like I'm not to get into too deep a conversation about this but who would lose minutes on the I mean I guess would you bench Valanchunas maybe or it, or like I mean obviously you'd kind of want to play the matchups there but maybe maybe Ibaka Ibaka has a good role on that team as as a shooter but if you're getting what what is you would consider something like a Giannis stopper? Yeah, which I guess maybe they think they have it already in Kawhi. That's possible. I don't. Yeah, I, I mean, wonder how that go. No, and they have Siakam too. Although Siakam, I don't right? Think that's a good the, point. I don't know if he has the strength to do it. I I, would agree. Yeah. To me, I you know, and, and Dave Early and and me were talk about this in the Slack a little bit earlier. Um, I think Philly. If I, I don't know what that trade would look like. Um, I know they have a few of the Knicks second-round picks, including this year's, which is mm. going to be a good one. Um, they could use him. Uh, I would hate to give him up, though, to be honest with you. I know he's a free agent, but I, I would love to keep this guy around. I really would. No, I know. I know. He's I, such a he's such an ideal piece for what uh, teams are trying to do nowadays. Yeah, I just, you know, it's... 
here's what I'll say. I, I don't... I would not give him up unless I am blown away by whatever the offer is. Let's, let's mm. say. I mean, especially, again, uh, this doesn't even have the updated stats from tonight. He's still at 38% from three on the year on two attempts a game. That's, like, that's yeah. legit. And he's 23. This is his first year shooting with that kind of volume from three and shooting that effectively. Like, he's just going to keep getting better. Yeah, no, he just he started screwing around with it um, in Chicago. I mean, he pr- prior to going to Chicago towards the end of last year, his most that he'd ever shot from three is the his third season, or excuse me, his second season in the league, he shot .6 three-point attempts per game. Then he went to the Bulls last year, and over 21 games, I mean, obviously that team was just trying to lose games, he put up almost three a game, and then this season he's at, he's at two a game. So he's... Yeah. Um, well, that's Hoiberg for you. Good thing they fired him. It's <laughs> <laughs> not uh, like he's on to something. <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. Um, all right, man. Anything else you want to you want to touch on um, tonight? Like, we, I feel that we didn't actually give like a, a wrap up, but I, this is a game you feel good about, right? If you're the next, I game. honestly do. I mean, this is about as good as it gets for for a, a almost blowout loss. But I do want to say something about Will Cornette because it's more than the fact that he hits threes. What he does is he keeps the offense moving. Like he will just yes. get the ball yes. and pivot right yes. into a dribble handoff. And if the dribble handoff isn't there, he'll take another dribble, which leaves uh, it gives space for that backdoor cut, which he can actually hit. He's tried to hit those before—the little one-handed bounce pass to a backdoor cutter—and it just keeps the defense honest. Like Cantor just doesn't do that. He loves to pick up the ball and just kind of stand there, wait for someone to run over him. And Cornette just keeps it moving, and you can see. The difference. Well, also, uh, is it uh, not to cut you off, but it feels like what you're saying it that the fact that Cornette doesn't live in the post as opposed to Cantor, who does that placement on the court, based on what you just said to me, kind of lends itself to a better flowing offense. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's it's definitely that too. It's just you can see the difference. It's it, they flow better. They play a smoother offense when he's out there it's just you know all these it it doesn't seem like much in the moment but it's these half second hesitations that just kill you they just kill you over the course of a game and over the course of a season you can't be doing that it's got to be boom 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 to get to really get it moving get everyone in rhythm and that's what Cornette does even when the shot's not falling yeah and and look I was going to say I'm sure someone's going to listen to this and be like, hey, you idiots, they scored 96 points and you're talking about how good the offense is. Well, listen, the Knicks shot tonight 37% from the field. Mm. I'm I'm not sure they could shoot much worse. Um, like, they just like, literally couldn't hit, uh, several guys couldn't hit a shot. So I feel like, yes, the results, not great tonight, but the mm-hmm. process was good. Exactly, and again, no Tim Hardaway Jr. Do you remember the last time Tim didn't play? They lost to the Bulls, and the, well, there was another terrible team, and the <laughs> offense was just unwatchable. It was yes. unwatchable. And tonight, it wasn't quite like that. It was kind of, you, you saw it there. Uh, and the one last thing about Cornette, poor man's Porzingis. When Porzingis gets here, it's going to be even better because he's going to be doing the same thing, except teams are not going to want to switch smaller guys onto him. So yes. Cornette, you can get away with what they were what the Bucks were doing at the end of the game was just putting in a bunch of wings and just switching wings onto Cornette because he's not going to post anyone up and score with any reliability, but Porzingis will. And teams were already afraid to switch on him last year. Uh so when you can't switch and you can shoot that three ball like Cornette, 
uh, you're really that's yeah, a whole different animal, and it's going to be fun to watch. Not to mention the fact that, um, and again, I, I have my concerns about Porzingis's lateral quickness in terms of guarding, you know, um, smaller guys on the perimeter. Yeah. But if you slot him at center, like obviously Cornette was at tonight, I think you know what he brings in terms of shot blocking and and his ability to move a little bit on that end um it's yeah it's it's exciting to think about um but in the meantime uh another another i guess win in the tank standings and uh <laughs> away we go towards, yeah, uh, towards Zion. yep road uh, trip we're we're in for a big one um yeah right uh so <laughs> zach before you go uh plug plug something promote something what do you want to say uh, i know this is very off brand but i was planning on having a uh, uh something up on posting and toasting this week a re- i had been working on a canter slam piece much earlier this season right and then he got after he came back into the starting lineup he started playing a little better playing harder so i was like okay i'll let this one go for now and now's the time so it's coming um i am very excited about that i will inspired by you by the way you did a great <laughs> job yours. well you know what i i i just tried to be fair um that's it was fair and uh just to to tie the tie a bow on this one, uh, we had a, a tweet from Mark Berman um, 20 minutes ago. Cantor, livid in locker room, off camera, came up to two reporters to complain about Buck's assistant coach, Darvin Ham, going on court to knock him from behind during melee. What? He tried, He held him back, right? <laughs> uh, that's what it looked like to me. What? <laughs> what is going on? I, I, I don't know. I okay. I don't know what's going on anymore. Um, yeah, that's... perfect, perfect note to end on. Well, actually, no. This this is what we're going to end on. It, is there any way that you start? Like Fizz can't start Cantor the next game, no. can he? No. Okay. Of course. No. I just right, I'm just making sure I'm not insane. I mean, I hope not. I hope not too. All right, we've uh, we've talked about him and uh, this game for enough. We will uh, talk to you again very soon, Zach. Thank you for coming on. You got uh, it, man. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, of course. And, uh, of course, as always, thank you guys out there so much for listening. We appreciate it. Um, these things are just a blast to do, and uh, they are, uh, I know, helping me get through what is what is becoming a long season, uh, but it's it's definitely a blast. So, yeah, Knicks lose, but we'll be back with um, another podcast. I believe I'm recording on Sunday with a special guest, so I'll leave you hanging on that one. And, yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Be well, everybody. Good evening.